All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Outside the Square Circle. I'm Dennis Ragland. That's Frank Nez. We're back this week again. I believe this is episode nine, is it? Episode seven. Episode seven. See, I'm a little bit above. I feel like we feel like we're on nine, but um, we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, starting off with Tyson Fury versus Schwartz. Uh, he put it was a great boxing exhibition, and uh, Frank, you want to lead off talking about it, and then I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, uh, it, it's fights like these that make people who don't really watch boxing but reach out to me to see what I think. It makes me look like a genius because, I, I mean, it, it was a very easy fight to know what was going to happen going in. Uh, I mean, and just like last episode, what I said was it's it's pretty clear they got Tom Schwartz in here to get Tyson Fury a highlight reel level knockout to make him look very good just to continue to build that Deontay Wilder rematch and that's exactly what happened I'm certainly not patting myself on the back or anything like that it was a very easy fight to score but people who don't know boxing just know oh Tyson Fury is a big name he you know a lot of them think they beat Wilder Wilder just fought let's tune in and then they asked me Frank what do you think about this guy and I'm like ah like it's Tyson Fury is gonna demolish him you know what I mean that's exactly what wound up happening um I mean, but Fury did that. I really don't have too many takeaways from it. Uh, you know, the actual fight itself, it, it, it ended exactly how I thought I uh, how I thought it would. I figured it, it, you know, Schwartz wouldn't go past four or five rounds. Um, that said, I'm curious to see who he fights next. And we touched on this last episode. Um, you know, is he going to fight a killer? Because that's what Deontay Wilder's doing. You know what I mean? Like people, people can try to knock down Luis Ortiz as if he's a bum, just like they've been trying to do with every other contending heavyweight, but he certainly is not, you know, he's, he's fighting uh, Deontay Wilder's fighting a guy who almost knocked him out. And me and you have had this conversation and then I'll hand it off to you and we can, you know, you can give your thoughts and maybe who, who Fury can fight next. But with that Deontay Wilder, um, Luis Ortiz fight, would you have been mad had that fight been stopped in the seventh round? Cause my answer is no, he was out on his feet. Like if the ref stops it there, I think that would have been a good stop. I'm glad he didn't, but you know, Wilder was getting tagged all around and, and, and was basically out on his feet. Well, with some Tyson Fury fight, um, great boxing exhibition, like I said. Um, I I love the way, and if you go back to the episode, when I said it was going, it'd be like Chisora, like he couldn't touch him. I, he couldn't. He couldn't really get in. He couldn't really touch. Him. I knew that's what it, what what type of fight it was gonna be. Uh, Fury is the best skilled boxer in heavyweight, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go farther. Fury may be the best skilled boxer uh, since I'll say like just technical wise since uh, 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 Vitaly Klitschko. That's he, fair. You know, I, 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 like just skill wise, mm-hmm. his ability. He 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 throw he, he mixes it up. He throws body shots straight. Uh, he he throws those straight jabs to the body. Uh, uh, he's able to he's able to make his guy mix and make him pay. Mm-hmm. He skill wise since since Vitaly Klitschko, he may be one of the best skill boxes that we've seen. Uh, what I want to see next him, I want to see Wilder. I, I I just want the rematch. I'll be honest. I don't know if he, like, after seeing that fight, now, this is the thing. Some people say, oh, well, he's fighting Schwartz. I get it. Maybe Schwartz never fought any competition at level Fury, but I'm not evaluating that. I'm evaluating how smooth Fury looked, and I mm-hmm. think that he's ready. 
I don't know if he I don't know if he needs to go say I'm gonna fight another killer Dan Wilder. I think if he's ready, then let's go ahead and fight Wilder. Give us get the fans what they want. Let's go ahead and just go right back into it. And I and, and I I don't I don't know if he if he needs anything. Or do you think he needs another fight? I for me. I would like to see him take another fight just so he gets another camp under his belt and he he gets that constant flow of being in and out of the ring. I don't want, and, and the, the reason I, I want that to happen is I just don't want there to be an excuse of, oh, well, he's been out of the ring for eight months, nine months, depending on when that fight's going to happen. And then you have that built-in excuse already. Well, he didn't fight anyone. He didn't want to risk losing. So I would like, I, I, I certainly am not opposed to, to your train of thought either. I think it's logical and I think it's fair. Um, I mean, but I, I would say put him in uh, now against the top 10 guy. Schwartz was, I mean, probably what, top 50 or 60, if even that. Now maybe you get him in there with uh, a big baby Miller. Maybe you get him in there with a Pavetkin. Someone who's more of a threat, but Tyson Fury is still you know, clearly favored. I mean, if because I want to see him fight Wilder right away. But if I if I had to put him in there with somebody, I say make Tyson Fury, Dylan White. I wouldn't be mad at that either. I think that's a good fight as well. Just I mean, right in the UK, uh, O2 Arena, put them guys in there. I think it's a great fight. And the next day, and next day, it's it's the fight that we really want to see. But if if he must, if he must fight somebody, I say <laughs> Dylan White. I think it's a, I think it's an easy fight to make. That fight should be easily be made. I agree. And you know what? To one of your points, it actually wouldn't be in England because the the contract that Fury signed, he wants to make his name in America to get that Wilder fight bigger. But really? Yeah. But that makes the Dylan White fight even easier, I think, because he should be trying to build his profile in America as well. With the heavyweights being so hot right now and, and realistically, I think the rematch with Anthony Joshua is closer than it's ever been with you know with Dylan White and Anthony Joshua. So if he gets in there and either makes a good account of himself or somehow shocks the world and beats Fury, I mean that's a great look for Dylan White. You know what I mean? It is. It is. I mean that's just a fight. Like realistically, if I'm looking, uh, I say, hey, make this fight. Uh, we can we can get to see who is the true guy to get a chance to fight for that title next because Dylan White's been trying ever since his loss to AJ. He's been He's been and he's been doing a good job scrapping, trying to get back to prove that he is one of those top guys in that in a heavyweight division to get a title. So hey, you know, Fury fight it out. The winner definitely gonna get a title shot. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we can move on. I, guys, we didn't have too much to say about this one. This one was pretty cut and dry. A very easy fight to call. I mean, he did he looks spectacular, let's make no mistake, but you know, you also just like you said, you you understand. You look at the level of competition, but he, it was still spectacular. You kind of take both hand in hand there. Um, but moving on, so the the biggest news I think of the since the last time, well, two two things, two fights have been semi official. Um, let's talk about the Garcia versus Garcia fight first, because I don't have too many takes just yet. I do have some takes about the Errol Spence. I got a Sean question P on that. Is that fight? I've been reading. Is that fight official now? Supposedly it is now. So let's save that because I don't have too much about the Garcias. I, I have one question about Mikey Garcia versus Danny Garcia. Well, actually, like 1A and 1B. So I'm going to ask you this. One, should it be on pay-per-view? And two, if it is on pay-per-view, are you going to buy it? <laughs> one, no, it shouldn't be on pay-per-view. Why it shouldn't be on pay-per-view? Both of these guys, they're named guys, but both of these guys, have lost to the top have lost the top competition at 147. Mm -hmm. This is not a title fight. 
You know what I mean? This is not this is not a a, a big uh, 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 unification. This ain't this ain't nothing that would that would warrant to say let's put this on pay per view. Right. Mike is coming off a loss. Danny Garcia looked good in this last fight. I give him that against Ganados. But when he fought, he, he fought Keith Thurman, he lost. He fought Sean Porter, he lost. So you don't just get a pay-per-view and you don't have a title. You, see mm. you don't have a title yep. just because you fight Mikey Garcia and Mikey Garcia is coming off of a loss. Like, where do you do that at? How, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How you take a guy coming off a loss and then take a guy who's lost to two of the best competition and then say, hey, let's make this pay-per-view. No, I will not bet it. I'll go to the local bar. I'll pay five dollars. Right, right. And then I'll watch it there. But I'm, I, I, it's not worth pay per view. And if if the promoters are smart, they don't make this pay per view because even if they did make a pay per view, they're not gonna make a lot of money off of it. We already got Spence versus Earl. That's gonna be a pay per view. We got Thurman versus Manny. That's gonna be a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Those are pay per view worthy fights for all the reasons that I said this one wasn't. Right. You can't you can't go make this a pay per view for uh. For no apparent reason. It will be, be for no apparent reason. I agree. Um, And the one thing, and I still never, I haven't looked too deep into it, so take I, you guys can kind of take this with a grain of salt, but I still never understood why they got away with the lower-scaled pay-per-views. Because a fight like this, I would shell out 20 bucks to watch this at home. You know what I mean? But like 75 bucks for HD, I mean, that's a lot of money. For granted, I think it's going to be a really good fight. But there's just nothing there. Just like you said, there's no meat and potatoes to this one. I get it. It's Mexico and Puerto Rico, kind of. They're Mexican-American and Puerto Rican-American. But yeah. it's like th- there's just not enough there for me outside of it being a really good fight stylistically. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to see if maybe a movie theater showing it or a, a local bar or something like that. Um, I don't have too many takes on the fight just yet. As we get closer to it, we'll obviously start to really break that down. Um but yeah, so let's move on to the other fight that's been, from what I hear, official now for the fall. Errol Spence and Sean Porter, 147-pound fight. Um, I'm just going to flat out ask you, Dennis, because for me, this is a little bit shady for me on Errol Spence's part. Now, I'm not the guy to ever accuse people of PEDs or anything like that, but just follow me logically here. This guy doesn't really fight more than once a year. And it seems like every single time we know a fight's going to happen, it takes a little while. Like, the dates keep moving back. For me, it's it was supposed to be in August. Now they're saying September or October. Like, now it's a fall fight. So, like, the first place my mind went is, like, is this guy cycling off something? Or, or, what's, or what, what, what is another logical reason for someone, you know, to keep pushing tentative dates back for a what fight? What do you think? He's fat. See, and that's, yeah, that's he's a good fat. point as well. I mean, you see, he's, he said it himself. He loves to eat. He, he's, he's a Texan. <laughs> he's a Texan who loves to eat. And he asked him, I remember they asked him a while back, did he make 147 easy? And he was like, nah, it ain't easy. He was like, I ain't <laughs> he's like, I don't say I'm killing myself, but it's definitely a struggle. Now And now as he's growing, he's growing out of the division. Right. He's fat. He needs, like, he, if, he, if, he, if he fought in August, he would spend most of his time just trying to get in shape and not enough time on his craft. So he need he needs that extra Fair. time to get in shape and work on this craft. That I, I said I said the same said, like people people have accused Earl Spence of body uh, uh, um, uh, 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 
body bullying these guys. Right. Like bullying. Yeah. Because, and then I, at first I was like, nah, you can't say that. If the guy can make the weight, the guy can make the weight. Absolutely. But now, now it's like you see he's he's trying to go out of his way and make extra uh, um and make extra room for himself to to fight and make this weight. I think I, I guarantee that next year in 2020, this guy moves up to 154 because I don't see him continuing to fight at 147. He's, he's, he's a big guy. Yeah. He's a big muscular guy. And you take you take that, but you also take the, the bad diet in between fights. That's true. That, you know, I didn't even think of that. I'm glad you pointed that out because that was the cynical, you know, me that usually doesn't come out, but I couldn't think of anything else. But no, I, I'm actually leaning towards, you know, your explanation much more than mine. But we've seen guys in the past just not fare very well who balloon in between fights. Ask Ricky Hatton what happens. Ask Roberto Duran. That's that's a big part of the reason why he quit in that rematch. He he just like you said, he was training to make weight instead of actually game planning and working on things in training camp, and that's not good for you. I mean, there there are plenty of other examples. You look at guys. I mean, Jared Hurd. He he looked fat in between fights. You know what I mean? Like things like that, you start to lose your punch resistance. You start to, you know, just being in training camps just to make weights. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I would certainly hope that after this fight, because I don't want to see him move up to 154 just yet. I don't think for for as big as he is at 147, and don't get me wrong, he's a big guy, but he's not like a Paul Williams big or a Tommy Hearns big. He right. still looks like a welterweight to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, granted, he's not making it comfortably because he's eating all these greasy, you know, Texas food. That's how, that's how he's, <laughs> he's eating his way up, and then right, he's he's still young and he's an athlete, so he's able to work it off. Right. You see what I'm saying? But yep. that ain't good for you. It's not, and I I want him to move up to 154. Once he's taken out the top dogs at 147, I don't want to eat. I don't want him to eat his way out of this division. You know what I mean? That just like you said, like he he, and that's exactly what he's doing. And and we've seen guys, you know, move up when they're not ready or move up when really their body just isn't built for that. They're just lazy. And like with all that talent, I mean, we can't have him just just go up there and do that because there are some legit dudes at 147. I mean, at 154 at this point. I don't favor him over J-Rock at 154. J-Rock is a big dude at 154. That's a legitimate 154-pounder, you know? It is. So, I mean, it's going to have to – I don't know if he has the strength and conditioning coach, but a lot of these guys, like, they need – like, everybody wants to wants the Mayweather lifestyle, flashy, flamboyant. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that with Earl because Earl seems like a, a relatively low-key dude. Mm-hmm. But – I'm quite sure he he has the aspirations of being the best, highest paid, biggest biggest name in the sport. But you got if you want that, you're gonna have to take away from him, like with Floyd and Bernard Hopkins. Those get you never caught those guys out of shape. Yep. Yep. All year round they trained, they kept themselves in shape. They they, they kept themselves so close that they was damn near walking around. They wait like yep. Wait. Yep. You got to take that from them if you want to be the best because you don't want Look, 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 look. Earl's been skill-wise, bro. His skill-wise, his ability, he can be one of the top, one of the best to ever do this. But if he, but if he let, allows his his Reddick boat eating, <laughs> James <laughs> Tony, yeah, <it's> eating, 
Like, cause that hurt. That hurt the skillful guys who could have been bigger if they were more disciplined. Yep. If he needs, to be, he needs to be more disciplined. He need, he needs to make sure that he's watching his weight. And even if he's not boxing, just he's in the gym, keeping his weight around his fight weight, so he's not eating himself out. Now, now when everybody's like, "What's going on?" That the conscious will be saying, "You got to push it back and push it back because he's too heavy." Right. Right. And even the one thing that I did want to touch on as well. I hate the narrative of weight bullies. That's really not a thing. Just like you had said, and I I may feel a little bit more strong than you on this. If you can make the weight, that's your weight. And the because you have to look at it on the other side as well. And this is what bothers me about catch weights too. People, oh, why is he? Why is he fight? The other fighter is agreeing to this. You know what you're agreeing to. We know Errol Spence is big. All these guys at welterweight know he's a big dude, so don't fight him if if you think he's too big for you. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you guys are making excuses for this dude who knows what he's getting into. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that weight bully stuff is a little bit too much for me, especially because a lot of the dudes who are very big for their division, not, not a lot, but we've seen examples, just like we've said before, guys who balloon up in between fights it doesn't usually end well for them anyway. If they, if they wait a fight or two too late to move up, you know what I mean. So we're, we're I like I said, I really hope Errol, you know, sticks to that diet or or at least run or something. Like eat what you want, but burn off some calories that you are eating in between camps. Like don't just allow yourself to be a couch potato, which it seems like he's doing. You know what I mean with with, with the money that he's bringing in now, uh, and get too out of shape in between fights. Um. But yeah, I think I think we can move on. Because I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Oh, go ahead. You weren't too far off, and this make me think. If he doesn't get discipline, he's gonna have to pay for discipline. Yeah. Meaning, back to what you originally said. Yep. He may have to cycle on something to help cut that damn weight. Yeah. It can get to that point where it's like, yo, I need help cutting this damn weight, and mm-hmm. now he may need something. To, uh, all this stuff that they be taking to help them sweat and cut that weight. You don't want to get that. You don't want to. You don't want to eat your weight. Those would be a cheat. Yeah, there was a pretty popular drug. Was it meldonium? I believe it was meldonium that helped you. Chavez Jr. popped for it, but it was before. It was that weird time where it was like illegal, or it just tur- got illegal, mm-hmm. and a lot of the Russian fighters were on it because it wasn't illegal yet. And I believe that was 2015 or 2016 where they gave you kind of a window because it stood in your system for so long. So if you had like a trace of it, that was okay because you, you took it before. But if you were over that trace amount, that meant you took it past the time that it was actually yeah. you know illegal. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of drugs that, that certainly help you. Uh, and we've seen fighters in the past kind of mask things with Adderall and then you get into the suspicion that he was he really covering it up. And I just don't yeah. want that for Errol. I, I think he's too skilled and I think he... You know, has the ability to go down certainly as the best welterweight of this era, if not one of the best ones of all time, if he can continue what he's doing. But once you start getting in these conversations, if he starts popping for stuff like that, that's going to ruin your legacy. Like, you have to be forward thinking. You know what I mean? In the days of social media, you can't get away with anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't the time to be to, to, to do stuff like this. Absolutely. Yeah, but we're, we're going to we'll move it along to our next topic, which is... um. Is it the Danny Garcia versus um, Mikey Garcia? Oh, oh no, do we do we touch on that? We touched on that. We let's Pauly do Garcia uh, versus Artem Lebeau. Yep, yep. Let's do Paulie. All right, all right, Paulie. Let's. I, I'll open this up on that because I've been watching it, and 
a lot of people's sentiments with this bare knuckle match has been, will Pauly hands fade? Right. I seen he was saying, and he made a good point. He's had hand surgeries, but he hasn't had them in like ten years. Right. So, so he's figuring right now, it's good. It's 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 okay. If I haven't had it in that time, then me having it now is probably not likely unless I just hit this guy on the head or something. Now, here's my theory. I feel this is going to enhance Pauly Magin. Pauly Magin. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what I said. Pauly Maginali is going to it's going to increase his hand speed. Oh, I agree. His hands is going to be lighter. He's going to be a little faster. We're going to see the magic man make a little bit more magic in his bare knuckle. Man. <laughs> like, 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 you know what Paulie, right? That always was like, people say Paulie don't got power and he don't knock guys out. But he will always bruise guys up really bad to where mm-hmm. after the fight, they will be all knotted up and swelled up. Now, this, here's the thing. If he can do that with bare knuckle, or if he can do that with glove, with bare knuckles, He's gonna cut this guy up. He's gonna oh, yeah. cut this guy up. And you know, I, I expect I, I don't. I'm not looking down on part of this bare knuckle match. I think he's gonna be faster. He's gonna be sharper. But I'm gonna flip that coin to Arden's side because I heard Polly say this. He said this is a $400 fighter, and he's looking at it like <laughs> that. Like this is a guy who fought for $400 before. Yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> like this, this isn't this isn't a guy that's used to getting big. He's not a prize fighter. You know, you know, he probably knew that when he took this fight, he knew what he was getting into. He knew that this guy isn't the best of the best, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like he's fighting. He's not fighting. Um, see, I can't even think of his name. Uh, uh, the guy that beat Connor. Oh, um, uh, uh, Khabib. 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 He's not. He's not. He's not fighting Khabib here. You know what I mean? Right. He, he's not fighting the killer here, but. That makes him so much more dangerous. This this is his biggest payday ever. Right. He's hungry. He I heard him speak and he was like, I'm I'm not looking past Parley, but I know if I can win this fight, the floodgates of more fights open. This oh, yeah. guy this guy lost a lot of fights. So he's looking at like like okay, if he loses to Parley, he's just gonna be a guy that he's gonna be an MMA guy that lost to a boxer and right. a very knuckle match. He's lost a lot of he lost a lot of MMA fights. Mm-hmm. What do you got him? You throw him at the end of the bottom. Right now, he has the opportunity to to increase his life. He has the opportunity to, to to win one for the MMA side versus boxing side and say MMA is a better fighter. I mean a better a better sport. He has all of this going for him. The pressure is more on Paulie because Paulie is the better class fighter to win this than it is on Artem. I tell I'm telling you. Artem is a dangerous fighter in it. If he comes in there and, and like I already know what he's gonna, I knew what he's gonna do before he even said it. And he gave it up. He was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be all over him." Like, mm-hmm. like that's in boxing, you get the clinch and the ref come save you. That's nobody to come save him for this. Right. He's like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be all over. I'm gonna hold him. I'm gonna hit him." And I think he's gonna come in there. I knew he was. My, my thought was, he's gonna go in there. He's gonna be all over probably like a cheap suit because he's gonna, he's not gonna, he's gonna feel like he doesn't respect Paulie's power. Even though, like I, I made, a, I told you how Paulie he can't cut you up, but he's mm-hmm. not going to respect Paulie's power. He's going to come, he's going to get all over him, he's going to throw a thousand different punches, and he's going to try to wear Paulie down and go out for the win. I knew that was going to happen. This, because of that, this is this makes this guy a live dog, and I hope Paulie is prepared for for a four hundred thousand dollar fight instead of a four hundred dollar fight because this guy has everything in the game. 
Yeah. No, and I agree with you. I, I think motivation-wise, obviously, Artem has a lot more to be motivated about. Paulie's coming out of retirement, um, you know, hasn't fought in a little while. And then the times that he has fought, granted, they were against world-class fighters. They were against boxers. You know, he hasn't looked good. But I'll say this, Paulie has something to be motivated about because the one thing we know about Paulie is that he's a student of the game. He lives, eats, and breathes boxing. He loves it. So I also think to your point of the MMA versus boxing, he knows that that's a headline. He understands that. And I think that's what's going to keep him motivated as well. And just like you said, I do foresee Artem coming in, throwing a million punches. But to your other point, that's going to get him knocked the fuck out. You don't have to hit that hard without any gloves on. With just yeah. your knuckles. And just like you said, there weren't that many fighters that just tried to walk through Pauli Malignaggi. The few that did, they did it. But, you know, that was Sean Porter. That was someone who was doing that to everyone at that point. He tried to do it to Kel Brook. He tried to do it to Keith Thurman. Like, he was just, <laughs> he did that to everyone. That's just his fighting style. But he he's always had that power that at least got his respect or, or um, was able to control the distance with. Something that you didn't want to continuously get hit with. Not that it was going to knock you out, but realistically, and this is what people, this is how you know people really never fought before. Because even if you don't hit that hard, punches still hurt. Getting punched in the face does not not hurt. Like, that shit hurts right. no matter who's punching you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can say what you want, but, like, th that hurts. And, and, and too many people that watch boxing have not gotten punched in the face. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I mean... Artem is just not a good boxer. He wasn't that great in MMA, and it's no disrespect to him, but I saw his bare-knuckle fight. He's going to get his ass beat. Paulie, if Paulie is in shape, if Paulie is motivated, he, and even if he's not fully in shape, you got a guy who's just going to go in there, just like you said, try to wear Paulie down. Paulie is too accurate. He's going to be too fast. And realistically, you know, Running in all the time head first, you're going to get caught with something and it's going to hurt even more. Like you're, you're putting more power on Paulie's shots because you're coming face forward. I wanted to touch on another thing that Paulie had said because um, he did a Reddit AMA and I got to read a lot of his responses. And um, someone asked him about the McGregor sparring and he said the one thing that he found was MMA guys – because what they're used to is when there's pressure coming forward, they're used to grappling and trying to get someone on the floor. And in boxing, you can't do that. You have to punch to 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 stop someone from pressure fighting you. You know what I mean? Like stop someone from getting you in that phone booth. And MMA guys aren't good at it because it's just not something that they've ever had to do before. It's kind of like when you get, um, you know, a former football player and try to put him in the ring. They could have the physical advantages or they can have the physicalness for the sport. But for their whole career, they're still thinking in the ring. Nothing still comes supernatural to them. And it's the same thing with an MMA fighter. When the rules change, when you just have to stand up and you can't grapple or tackle somebody, you're thinking in there. So if it's me and you and you're the boxer and I'm the wrestler or I'm the MMA guy and you start pressuring me, realistically, I'm going to panic because I can't do what I, what my mind and what my muscle memory is telling me to do. You know what I mean? So you're thinking a million times a second, but while you're thinking – I'm getting punched in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't a sport where you can sit there and think and good things happen. The more you think, the more you're just going to get hit and that's not good for you. And I think, um, I think it's going to be a relatively easy fight. I will say this. Well, let me ask you, have you seen any of the build up to this fight? This shit has been entertaining as hell. Yeah. It's been spit, slaps, trash talk. Like, is this, this like, 
I, it got me interested. At first, I wasn't really interested. I was like, eh. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> that's one thing about Polly. He know how to make you interested. Yeah. And, and Artem, he the way he talks, like I'm gonna be all over this motherfucker. You know, you know what I mean? And he, the way right. he's saying, like nobody's gonna come save him. And he, he's talking about how Polly's only here because he's broke. He's like, you, you see him? He comes in here with a fucking suit that's too tight. You can tell him he has a he has a boy that suit fell. It's probably his grandpa's suit. He comes <laughs> in with his old jewelry on. Trying to prove to show that hey, I got money, but he wouldn't be in here with me if he didn't need the money. So he's like, Paulie's broke, he's desperate, and that's and his desperation is gonna make him pay in this fight. You yeah, know what I mean? like I, I've been, I've been, and, you know, it's like Paulie has a steady job for uh, 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 commentating. So I wonder how much is true to that. Like, is do Paulie is Paulie taking this because hey, I know I can win this some easy money, or is it I really need the money? I yeah, I wonder where is it at. I would certainly hope that he's looking at this as an easy opportunity and that he's not broke. Cause just like you said, he, he's getting a steady income with Showtime. Um, and I know they have him on, you know, they, they continue as they're building the PBC brand to get like the pre-fight shows and the post fight. So he's doing more and more. I would certainly hope that he's saving his money and that he saved his money from boxing or invested his money. And that, that, you know, it is the former that he's looking at as this as a very easy opportunity. Let me ask you this. I have two more things, and it's more of a general thing, but that stem from Pauly versus Artem. Is there, can you go too far in the buildup of the fight when we're talking about spitting? Physicalness is okay, a push, a quick slap, but like, is spitting over the line? Yeah, spitting is over the line. I mean, it was, it was over the line then. It before, but before Pauly did it, it was over the line when Chris Soros spit in Vladimir's face. Right. He took the water and he spit in his face. I right. don't care that too much. You know what I mean? Like you can push and all that, but right. when, you, when you spit at me, that's one of the nastiest, most egregious things that you can do. I agree. It's crossing the line. That and, and like that and Deontay Wilder talking about he wants to kill you. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things you don't say, you don't do. Of course, we've seen it all. We've seen Mike Tyson say he want to eat people's kids. Right. You know what I mean? So we've seen we've seen it all, except somebody literally bite somebody in a press conference. You know I mean, that's the only thing we haven't seen, and I hope right. everybody does takes it that far. Like, oh, I didn't punch him in the face; I just bit him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think those things that, that that you can go over the line spitting should, should be. I mean, I don't know if they can make it because it's not technically a punch, but it definitely is a man code is just foul. Yeah, and see, and that's that's the same with me. The the way I look at it, and I've said this for a very long time. For me, call me what you want. Granted, if you say something a little, t- I, we're going to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. just is what it is. There's certain words, certain slurs that I hear, even if it's not directed towards me. Like, I, I just, you know, just so as like, I don't take the N-word lightly. If I hear a white boy, all these, you're fighting. You know, I'm just plain yeah. and simple. But when you're talking about spit, for me, that's the nastiest, most disrespectful thing you can do to me is spit right. on because, I mean, you that means you're looking at me like I am literally just a piece of filth on the floor. You're just spitting. That's disgusting. And I, I did think that was over the line. Um, and the one thing that I agreed with Artemon was what he said. Because Paul is like, well, why didn't you do anything? He's like, because, motherfucker, I want to get paid. If we fight in the press conference, the fight's going to get canceled. So it's like, no shit. So it's like, for me... I don't want to go too far because I would love to get Paulie on the podcast. But generally speaking, it's kind of a... It's kind of a bitch thing to do. If I spit on you knowing you can't hit me, it's like, where do we... So I would certainly hope that moving forward, you start putting these clauses in it. Like, you're gonna if you spit, if you do this, if you do that, just things that are very over the line, you're going to get fined. 
you know, right. in the build up to the fight, like build it up, talk as much shit as you want, because Paulie's great at that. Like this right. fight would have been. You no, know, he didn't have to do that. Right. That's what I mean, and that's that's where it gets me. That that's that's was the thing that was very overlined. Last thing that I have in regards to this, and I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot here, is Paulie or where does Paulie land on your list of guys who are the best at building up fights? I think obviously Floyd, Floyd is number one in our lifetime at building up a fight. I think Ricardo Mayorga is in the conversation. Yeah. Is Paulie like top three or top five? Because he's fucking good he's at it. Top man. five. He's top five. Like without sitting down and thinking about it, going, huh? Let me put a list together. Paulie, like he's his name's gonna ring up there. Paulie's right. top five is somebody that makes you want to watch the fight. Like the fight with Brona. Like he the way he the way he talks about <laughs> he makes he makes you like I gotta see this guy throw punches. You know what I mean? You're right, if he, right. If he if he can fight half as good as he talks, then this is gonna be a hell of a fight. And right. like his trash talk, like he, he's able to get personal and break down who you are as a person. Yeah. Like that's that's what he's done with every fight. Like, oh, he's he's fighting because of this, and this is this is why he, this is why this is what he's gonna do. This is how he is, <laughs> and, he, and it makes sense. So to me, it's like, you know what? I'm, he's right. He, he, yeah. he does seem desperate, or he's right. <laughs> this, this this guy is a loser. And he has a losing mentality. This is like you said about Artem. Like he has a losing mentality. Like he, he knows he's gonna lose. When you lose that many times, he's cu- he's coming hoping to win. But the minute he gets in his head, he's like, oh well, I'm gonna lose a loss before. No big deal. Like, right. Like, he, he makes he makes you want to see like, oh, I'm gonna see if this guy's gonna lose. Like Paulie said. Like, right. You know, he's definitely mm. top five. Guys, I want you guys to list your top five trash talkers or just guys who were able to build up a fight i'm thinking of names off the top of my head I'm kind of, i kind of put myself on the spot as well paulie's in there floyd's in there bernard hopkins in his prime was in there when he threw down that puerto rican flag against uh against tito yeah. trinidad that was fucking nuts i think he's in there i think um adrian broner certainly's in there even though he's not a boxer conor mcgregor was great at building up fights what um, about ali Oh yeah, I mean, you're, I, I, Ali was—he's the go that he was really the first dude to, to really, really start doing yeah. that. When you look back at history, he's clearly—I mean, he would probably be number one on on any list. Um, are, are we? I, we're probably missing some very obvious names uh, that are on there. I oh, what Ricardo Mayorga was saying because a lot. Oh, a lot, he, was he was so was disrespectful. I yeah, what he, was saying, man. he would call people and I know this isn't politically correct, guys, but I'm just quoting him. He would call people faggots and and talk about fucking their wives. I mean, he would go <laughs> far. <laughs> he would go. He would go. When we're talking about crossing the line, there's very little I think that you can say like verbally before a fight. But he was treading that that, you know what I mean? That, uh, I, I, Tyson that line. Too, like, you know what I mean? I, like, uh, when, when Tyson or Rant, Tyson's in the conversation. Yeah. Off, like, the shit he would say, he would, like, he was in a ring crying and moaning like a girl. Uh, uh, like, oh, I know. He was, <laughs> I know. He was nuts. I but think I mean, you're talking about now. Styles. Tyson Fury can probably be in that conversation as well. Oh, yeah. He's he's very good at building up fights. I mean, we got uh, Deontay Wilder with the with the headlines and the different snippets that yeah. he's been able to make. He's I mean, we got some we got some good dudes. But I will always say this: I think I think there always needs to be a good balance of your Adrian Broners, of your Mike Tyson, the guys who like to talk, and the Errol Spences, the guys who are like, hey, I'm here to fight. I'm gonna let my hands do the talking. Yeah. If everyone talked too much, it would get boring. But if everyone was like Errol Spence, it would get boring too. But the one thing I do like is that. You know, guys like Errol Spence, well, him specifically, 
he still listens to the headlines. He he's not the type to say I don't pay it. No, he pays attention. Like that whole Mikey Garcia buildup. He said you guys said I couldn't do shit better than him. He was like calling out boxing writers. Yeah. I like stuff like that too. I think that's cool. I think it's cool. Um, I think it's cool when they keep in contact with what's going on, and, and because you can't just be too straight, straightforward. Like you don't you don't you don't pay attention. You don't care. You fight and you go back in your hole. Like I wish I really <laughs> got a chance to see more of Bradley. Through his career, because that was I love Timothy Bradley. But Bradley, oh, he would fight and go back in his hole. You know, you know what I mean? He, 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 he would, you would, you wouldn't hear about him. like what the hell is Bradley? He would drop off the face of the earth until it's time for him to fight again. Well, he was one of the guys that blew up a lot as well. Yeah. He would get super fat in between fights. He's another example. He didn't um, have time to talk. He was eating. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but guys, I mean, you know, pretty slow week. We stretched this out to about forty minutes, and I, I we got some good talking points out of uh, out of what we got. This coming weekend, we'll be back next week at some point to recap that Pauly fight, to preview the uh, the Andre versus Sulecki fight, which I'm actually very excited about. I think that's an underrated fight. Dazen has to do a little bit better job of marketing these guys because that's going to be a good fight. That fight there is one of those fights that Andre, how I've been talking about, he's kind of missing that highlight reel, get me a big fight win. He can do that next week, and I'm excited for it. We got, um, we got Comey versus Beltron, which should be... Okay, the, the day before that on Friday, so we can recap that as well. Um, but guys, thanks for watching. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. Very easy. Outside the Squared Circle. We're on Instagram as well, at Outside the Squared Circle. You can watch this on YouTube. You can listen to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Remember to, to subscribe to you know any any channel that, that you're watching that on. Feel free to hit us up. We're going to start getting boxers on here with us as well. We've been doing our outreach. For those who aren't familiar... Uh, you know, we've had Sean Porter, we've had Jesse Hart, we've had Steve Upshear a couple of times. I mean, uh, we've gotten um, Upshear Chambers on the pod. I mean, we get some people. So now that we're back consistent, I think, you know, the, the outreach is going to start being there. We're, we're hoping to get some pretty big time guys. Hopefully we can get Deontay Wilder out. I'm going to reach out to him here in the coming weeks and kind of get his temperature check as to what's going on at heavyweight. But guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week.